will join us there as we start out thinking about what Jesus had paid uh, for us. And, and I had comfort uh, yesterday in, in thinking um, why I don't know the pain that my dear friends are walking through. God the Father knows that pain all too well. He knows what it's like to lose a son. And so, in our inadequacies to help grieving people, the Father is more than sufficient. Today I want to talk a little bit about suffering. It's not what your bulletin says, it's not in the series that we've been in, but I think we all grieve together. Part of being a church is when we hurt, when one when one portion of the body hurts, we, we all hurt. If you smack your finger with a thumb, your whole body feels the pain. And so when we, when we as a body of believers, when we have someone who hurts, we hurt with them. When we have someone who is in loss, we are at loss with them. The Apostle Paul is writing to the church in Corinth who is all too familiar with suffering and with pain and, and understanding that suffering will make us holy. And he is trying to to figure out because here's what happens when when bad things happen we, we look and we we, we kind of raise our fists up to the Lord and go where, where were you Almighty Creator where were you when this happened God you you could have stopped this you could have intervened here we've seen in your Word where you stepped in and you stopped the and we ask all of these questions and we want all of these answers. There's times when God remains silent. There's times when God needs you to trust Him and not trust in you. There's times when God needs you to rely on His wisdom and His knowledge and His logic and not yours. And so the Apostle Paul is speaking to the church in Corinth and in chapter 4, and he he starts with them in verse 7. And this is a, a great text for us this morning in 2 Corinthians 4, starting in verse 7. And I'll let you remain seated as we're going to read a lengthy portion of Scripture this morning. He says, but, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show the surpassing power belongs to God and not to us. We are afflicted in every way, but we're not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. We are persecuted, but we are not forsaken. We're struck down, but we are not destroyed. Always carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our bodies. For we who live are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. So death is at work in us, but life in you. Since we have the same spirit according, the same spirit of faith according to what has been written, I believe and so I speak. We also believe, so we also speak knowing that He who raised the Lord Jesus Christ will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with Him into His presence. For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends 
to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. Verse 16. So we do not lose heart. We do not lose heart, though our outer self is wasting away. Our inner self is being renewed day by day. For it is light momentarily affliction and preparation for us eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. As we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, but the things that are unseen are eternal. For we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this tent we groan, longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. And indeed, putting it on, we may not be found naked. For while we are still in this tent, we groan, being burdened. Not that we would be unclothed, but that we would further be clothed. So that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. He who has prepared us for this very thing is God. Who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So we are always of good courage. And we know that while we are at home, in the body, we are away from the Lord. We walk by faith, not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage. And we would rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we are at home or away, we make Him our aim to please Him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. So that each one may receive what is due and what He's done in the body, whether good or evil. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ as He's the only one who is sufficient for our hearts. Now we pray that as we think of suffering this morning, that that we would, number one, understand how we perceive it in our own hearts and in our own lives, but Father, also how we can comfort those who are walking through suffering. Now give us eyes to see and ears to hear and a heart that knows. Now may we rally together as a body of believers today. In the name of Christ, I pray. Amen. What does the Bible say about experiencing suffering? We experience suffering in the Lord. We, we get, as believers, when, when suffering comes, we, we must first realize we're not alone. When suffering comes, we realize that this thing, uh, is bigger than us. Uh, this life is, is, is larger than us. When, when bad things happen, we don't stand alone at the gate where we're not secluded from life. But yeah, when bad things happen, we have the creator of the universe who is closer to us than he's ever been. God is near to the brokenhearted. Isn't that good news this morning? When you're at your lowest, he is there. He is sufficient and he is able. We come and we suffer we in the Lord. He is sovereign over every ounce of suffering. If you grew up in, in the wealth and health prosperity gospel, that's going to rock you a little bit that God allows suffering in the life of the believer. Can God stop suffering? Absolutely. Absolutely. He has all power with, with even the thought He can hinder all of the world. Only the Father can stop the world 
from orbiting on its axis. But I want to speak to you today and I want to tell you that when suffering happens and God allows us to walk through it, I want to remind you this morning that God is there. In the Gospels, when when they were on the ship and the ship was crashing over, it's found in Mark chapter 4, 5, and 6, this story. And, and it's crashing around and, and the disciples came to Jesus because he was asleep at the bow of the boat and they woke him up and they wanted him to just stop it. They wanted him to just, just fix the problem. Just, just eject us out of suffering. And that's never been the Lord's, that's never been the Lord's provision for us. When suffering happens, we, especially in the Western culture, we, we want it to end immediately. We want a button. We want that staples button that happens. We see on the commercials. We want to be able to hit something and stop the pain. But yet in the pain, God will reveal us to us who He is. In the pain and suffering, God will draw us near like we've never been before. In the pain and suffering, we will get to see our Savior more clearly than we ever have. He's sovereign over all. Suffering. Satan intends every type of suffering to sabotage us. Satan intends every type of suffering to sabotage you. So, so when you go through suffering, we, we have the Lord who is near, but we have an adversary that will tell you, this is what he will say. He will say, I told you, you couldn't trust him. I told you that, that, that God wasn't able. I told you that. He's in that era and, and, and you're emotional and you're broken. And if you're not careful, you will start listening. You'll start listening. And if he can get you to that point, my friend, if he can get you to start, listen, listen, I've walked through seasons of hurt. I've walked through moments when I was so mad at God, I couldn't pray to his name. That when people mentioned the name of Jesus, my blood pressure went up because I was angry because he didn't do what I asked him to do. He didn't intervene when I asked him to intervene. That doesn't mean God is insufficient. That means my will in that moment was not God's will. God has never put me in charge, and it's a good thing. There would be any traffic on the highway, right? There's a reason I'm not in charge, and God is. Satan will sabotage you in the midst of suffering. He'll tell you, he'll tell you it's your fault. He'll tell you, you're, you're not worthy. It's, it's, you're just a mess. God, God's clearly not looking out for you. God's clearly doesn't have your best interest, and we told you this was going to happen. But while the evil one sabotages us through that, God ordains every type of suffering to sanctify us. Paul's telling the church, he says, this suffering that you're walking through is building for you an eternal weight of glory. This suffering that you're walking through, it's hard. The suffering that you're walking through, it's painful, but it's not pointless. It's not pointless. It's, it's not an act. God is working for you an eternal way to push. So when you don't know why things are happening, when you, you're sitting here going, I don't understand, God is working in you. He, he's desiring to, for you to be more like Jesus. He's going to reveal things to you. He's going to be there for you. God is closer than a brother and he's working in you. So that you would be more like Jesus. Remember that God is familiar with suffering. Remember that God is familiar with suffering. Jesus was tempted in every way that we are. And He was sinless. He was perfect. 
And yet Jesus walked through more suffering than any of us will ever know. Jesus will walk through the most eternal suffering that any of us will ever know. Because in the moment of our suffering, we have the glory of God. But when you read Isaiah 53, and you understand that it was the, the will of the Lord to crush Jesus, when you get that, when Jesus walked through His suffering, it was without the power of the Lord in Him because the wrath of God was being poured out on Him so that you and I could be forgiven of our sins. Jesus was made sin when He never sinned. The perfect spotless Lamb carried our way to death. So we can't come before the Lord and say, you don't know what I'm walking through. We can't come before the Lord and say, you don't know my hurt. You don't know how I feel because He does. He does. Jesus Himself, an emotional guy. There, there's something that happens to men. And, and ladies, maybe you don't experience as much as we do. Like, I hate to cry. I do. Like, it's not like, I don't wake up one morning and go like, I could really use a good cry today. Like, I've never said that. Like, I, I don't operate that way. I hate emotions. Uh, well, I don't hate emotions. I hate feeling vulnerable. I hate you seeing me like a sobbing mess. But we've bought into this lie that men have to be tough and, and, and live this external extremity that, that people think, oh, they can handle it. There's times in life when we can't handle it. People want to say, well, the Lord won't give you anything. We just finished that series. You don't want me to repeat that. The Lord's never promised us that we were strong. Ever. He's never said, look how great you are. He has pointed to our weaknesses. And He's pointed to our feeble minds and our weak spirits. The Lord never intended us to be this strong, burly. Like, he wired us to be men, so you, you know that. But He's never asked us to put on a facade and act like we've got it together. He wants us to trust Him. And we can trust Him in knowing that He's walked through what we walk, what we're walking through. We're not alone. Our Savior has seen this before. He's walked through it before. He's trustworthy. He is the source of compassion. And he's the source of grace for us when we grieve. He's the source of compassion. I told Amy and Devin yesterday morning when they woke up, I told them, I said, you're going to get to see the very best of God's people through this. You're going to see the very best of God's people. Those people who want nothing from you but to beat you. Those people who will cross an ocean just to give you a hug. Those people who, who will stand in the gap for you. Those people who will be there for you and not ask you for anything. Those people who just want to see you feel the love of God and the presence of the Lord. Those people who, who want to just hold a, a weeping mother and a weeping father. God's people are resilient when it comes to tragedy. And I, I told him, I said, brace yourself for that. All comfort comes from the Lord. All comfort comes from the Lord. We don't comfort people um, out of our own selfish ambitions. We comfort people out of a love that's hidden down within us. His comfort is sufficient. His comfort is sufficient. I don't have words. I don't have words. I hadn't read enough of the Bible, I guess. I hadn't preached enough sermons. I don't have words to look at people when they're walking through this, or even when it's me, when I'm, well, I don't have the words because I'm not sufficient. God's not asking me to. 
He's plain that He is sufficient and we trust in Him. So not only do we experience suffering in the Lord, but we also extend suffering from the Lord. You and I are in this moment that we're walking through. We've now been given the task to extend comfort. Now been given the task to extend comfort. I told you that we are one body. When one of us hurts, we all hurt. It's now our responsibility to rally around those who are in the midst of suffering and comfort them through their trials. God will work in you so that you can be poured out into someone else. We should strive that we might display the love of Christ to each other in the church. We should strive that we might display the love of Jesus to the brothers and sisters in Christ. And this isn't just a, a one-time thing. This isn't just because we're walking through it today. This is something that we strive to every day as a believer in Christ. We should desire to walk with people through tragedy. But can I tell you today, that's painful. Can I tell you today that's messy? Can I tell you today that you're gonna, you're gonna lose heart too? Can I tell you today that you're gonna be poured out as well? Can I tell you today that it'll be one of the hardest things you've ever done? But can I tell you today that it's the exact thing that God's called you to do? When people are suffering, whether we know them or not, the fact that they're believers, we rally. It seems like the Western church is the only people that when people get broken and and dismember, we kick them out. When the very premise of the church, it was never meant to be a museum of sainthood, but it was always established to be the hospital for the broken. God knows we're a mess. He's, he knows us. God knows you. He knows me. He knows we're a mess and we need one another. So we rely on the brothers and sisters to help show grace. We might disperse the love of Christ to the brethren, but also to the world. People look at the church in the midst of adversity. How are they going to respond? How are they going to respond? What are they going to do? I'm so frustrated by so many things in life, and, and one of them is, is this constant need to over-media everything. I was appalled as we left the hospital Friday night, the police escort to get rid of media. Here's a mom and a daddy that's absolutely crushed and broke. And there's new news cameras hoping to get a glimpse. As brothers and sisters in Christ, we display a love that the world sees Jesus in us. We display a love, and because listen, my I know, like I'm, my flesh was. Give me thirty seconds, brother. I can fix this. That's the flesh. I'm telling you, I don't handle well. well if they don't need to see, number one, that make headlines. Local pastor arrested for beating a newsman. If if we act in the flesh, or if we let our our suffering well up in us a sinful streak. Because listen, the Bible speaks to us that you can be angry and not sin. You can be angry and not sin. But we can be angry when that stuff happens, but how we respond to adversity and how we respond because people say awful things in times of suffering. People do awful things in times of suffering. 
a lot of people don't know how to react when they're being pressured in suffering, so they just do something erratic and and, and so we don't we don't re, we don't react with an adjunct reaction. We respond in the love of Christ. There's a difference in reaction and response. A reaction is, is a natural just reaction to something. A response is a well thought out. This is how we're going to move in this area. And as believers, we need to know that as we're walking through the grief process, that there are going to be times when our response has to be preset, and we know that when bad things happen, we're going to going to trust in him. Bad things happen when adversity comes, we're going to rely on Jesus. We are a fellowship of brothers and sisters and that means we hurt together but we also hope together. We hurt together. We hope together too. We hope in the very thing that the Apostle Paul was talking about. He says the Spirit of Christ now lives in you and though the body is passing away, He tells us our bodies are acquainted with death. That body you're in, listen, you may be in here young today. I love my front row youngins. Y'all remember being young and, and like bulletproof? Something happens close to 30 and you realize you ain't quite as bulletproof as you thought. So <laughs> I had some deacons say it happens again at 70. You ain't, you ain't even BB proof at that point, right? These bodies are passing away. These are not immortal dwellings of the Lord. This body will die. Unless Jesus comes back and raptures. There's only two ways to glory, either death or rapture. So far, everyone has went death. And if the Lord tarries, we will too. But I found great comfort in knowing that when Christians slipped out of this world Friday afternoon, his eternal king was with him. His heavenly father, the author and sustainer of life, took him with him. And yet it leaves questions. And yet it leaves more hurt than a sermon can fix. But God is working within us in eternal ways of glory. This isn't pointless for us. This isn't Time wasted for us. This isn't just a bookmark of life. God is using this in our lives to reveal to us who He is. And how glorious His name is. So we hope. We hope. One day my number is going to be up. I'm praying for the rapture. I'm praying I'm... I've only been on this planet about 30 years and I've had about 30 years enough of it. I'm ready to go home. And the Apostle Paul, he tells the church in Corinth, he says that tent that of your body, it may fail. That tent that is your body, it may break down. It may corrode. But God has for us a promise. God has for us a place built not with human hands, not built by human intelligence, built by the holy name of Jesus. And that place is incorruptible. That place will never touch death again, my friends. When you get to glory, the, the sting of death, though it's gone for us now, meaning that, that we don't have to worry about death. We, we grieve through it, but it's not something that we have to, we have to fear about because we know that God is working it and that, that when this thing's over and we stand before Him, that we will never taste it again. 
That's our hope. Our hope is that when we get to glory, all those who have gone before us, for some of us parents, our parents are gone, our siblings are gone, there's many in the room who are empathetic this morning because you've got children that are gone. You've got children that are gone. But we long, we long the day when we're never separated again. We long for the day when this old world's passed away. We stand before Jesus with those whom we love and we worship His holy name throughout the night. That's our hope. And lastly, this morning as we think about suffering, we are elated, we're ecstatic that the glory of God is enough. In the midst of our suffering, we must remember that Jesus is our victory. Can you say that with me this morning? Jesus is our victory. One more time, like you mean it. Jesus is our victory. In the midst of suffering, my friend, Jesus is your victory. Though you feel defeated, though you feel down, though you feel out, Jesus will be your suffering. Jesus is our deliverer. He is our deliverer. When you step out of this life, it's at the name of Jesus that you get to go to the next one. It's at the banner of Jesus and the covenant of the Lord that we get to enter eternity with Him. And He is our reward. I've heard people say over and over, I can't wait to get that mansion in glory. We better not dump olive. We ain't going to Jesus for the mansion. We ain't going to Jesus for the streets of gold. We're going to Jesus to get Jesus. And He's worthy. This isn't some supplemental reward. We get to spend eternity face to face with God Almighty, with the King Eternal, with the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. He is the bride of the church. He is the rose of Sharon. He is the rock of salvation. And He is the one when we enter the gates that says, Welcome home. He is our reward. Suffering comes full circle. So I was trying to explain last night to Devin about how the grief process, about what you walk through in the midst of this thing. And we know what we know what the books say that disbelief, ain't we know those things. Suffering comes full circle too. God will use suffering for our sake to make us more like Jesus. God will use suffering for our sake to make us more like Jesus Christ. He wants us to be like His, like Him. He, he wants us to be an ambassador. He wants us to be Christ-like. He wants us to be holy. So God will use suffering, though though He may not, he, though He's not the author of suffering, He's not beyond using it for our glory. He's not beyond making us more like Jesus through our suffering, and it is sometimes for for our sake, and sometimes for the sake of others. Sometimes our suffering is for others to see. So that others may see Christ in us. So that others will see us respond in the gospel. So that others will see us show that even when we're shaken, even when we're to the core, even when we don't know anything but but just the moment, Christ is still sufficient.
Christ is still sufficient. The world may see in us the glory of our Savior. But he may also use suffering for his glory. He may also use suffering for his glory. In the book of Job, when you see what our friend Job walked through in the Old Testament, and you think you've had a bad day, you've never had a Job day. I pray you never have come close. Job lost everything he ever had, even down to his own health. And yet, after some conversation with the Lord, and listen, it's okay. I, I meet with people all the time who, as they're suffering and struggling, they go, I just can't get mad at God. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. The Bible says, be well, be angry, and don't sin. But we don't have a sense of God who is shaking and round. My God don't don't get upset when I get mad at him. If you come at me today, you're like, I'm furious with you. That may change my response and my reaction, my friend. But my God is unmoved. My God is unchanged. And He can handle it when I'm mad at Him. And yet, it's often in those times when I will tell the Lord my frustration towards Him, that He will continue to reveal Himself to me. Adrian Rogers called the Holy Spirit the hound of heaven. I love that. We get mad at God and we tell Him we don't know, we're just angry. I feel like that hound grabs another deer. The Holy Spirit will wrap you up. And it, and it seems like when I've when I walked through this personally, the madder I got at God, the more love He displayed for me. The more angry I got and frustrated with the Lord, the more grace and mercy He put in my life. The more God-speaking people He put in my day. And He's strange just like that. We try to push Him away and He bear hugs His closer. Suffering becomes well worth it to us. All suffering for the believer is light and temporary. All suffering for the believer is light and temporary. It may haunt you the rest of your days on this earth. Frank, can I be a source of hope for you today and tell you that even if you live 80, 90 years on this planet, that you make it to 100, Drop in the bucket what you're going to live in. You're going to a place that never ends. You're going to a place where time doesn't exist anymore. So our suffering, though it may burden us here, in light of eternity, is light, not heavy, and it's temporary. The coming glory for the Christian is vast. Coming glory for the believer is vast, but it's eternal. God's going to use your suffering to make His name great. God's going to use your suffering to make you more like Christ. God's going to be there when you when you really didn't even want Him around, because our minds are feeble, and if you're not careful, we'll start listening to Satan. See, against the sabotage our walk with Christ. God's near to the broken heart. David wrote in Psalms, and David was well acquainted with grief. King David 
wrote in a journal of sorts, in a hymn of sorts, that when we call the broken hearts, God hears the needs. I love the imagery of that. It's as God knows we're broken, He's attentive to us. As God knows we're suffering, He hears us when we call. Today, maybe you didn't know anything was going on, maybe you walked in thinking, it's going to be great Psalm Sunday, and it is. It's great, not because of our tragedy or our insufficiencies, it's great because the Lord Jesus Christ is on the It's great because God is sufficient. I was thinking last night as I was getting ready for bed, I don't know how lost people walk through sometimes. I don't know how people without faith, they, they try to tackle something to this magnitude. And then my thought was, what if you're here today and you don't know Christ? If you're here today and you, you're a part in Jesus, you don't have his presence in the midst of your suffering. You don't have his comfort in the midst of tragedy. You don't have a loving Father embracing you and surrounding you and holding you, trying to fight this thing all by yourself. And so today, if you've never trusted in Christ, and I'm listen, I'm not talking about you've had a religious experience. I'm not talking maybe you've walked an aisle, maybe you've been baptized in every creek in Jefferson County, and every tadpole and frog that's your social security number. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking in your heart of hearts, are you Walking with Savior. Come on, you know, without a doubt, I belong to Jesus. If you can't say a definitive yes, then you may not. God is more than enough for us today. God is more than able. The crazy thing is, as good as God is, and as great as He is, and as wonderful as his love is, he's pursuing you. God's pursuing you, and he knows you. And he doesn't know, like, I'm not talking about the Instagram or Facebook version of you. I'm talking about he knows you. He knows your mess. He knows your junk. And he's not telling you, clean up and come to me because you never will. He's saying, come as you are and let me work on that. Come as you are, because you're, you're, listen, you're not gonna, we're never gonna leave and be like, oh, I'm gonna get life better, I'm gonna come back and get saved. No, you won't. You can't get better apart from Jesus. Come to Jesus. Father, I pray over the folks who can hear my voice. Whether they're in this room or hearing this podcast later and they're struggling with suffering. They're struggling with their identity in Jesus. Father, I pray under the power of the Holy Spirit, God, that, that you would work in them. They would see their suffering as an eternal weight of glory. That they'd realize that, that you've got a plan. And no, we don't understand that plan. No, we can't comprehend that plan. Know that, know that you haven't revealed that plan to us. That you're still working in us for glory. That every ounce of suffering is good for making us more like Jesus. So may we not squander, may we not listen to the lies of Satan, 
May we not trip and, and stumble when you call us to such great things. Father, if there's one here that doesn't know you this morning, I pray that you give them the power and the grace to stand up and say, I need Jesus. For it's in his name that we do pray. All God's people said.